Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are continuing to look at how uh, God delivers us. Actually, looking at that word deliver, of course, it can mean different things in different contexts, and we've encountered a little bit of that. But we're at the 82nd Psalm right now, and this, as I said in the previous episode, is one of the most pivotal portions of Scripture I think that you will likely encounter in your lifetime. And that's not just some hyperbole right there. If you get an understanding about what's being said here in this second Psalm, 82nd Psalm, and then in the balance of Scripture, Psalm 118, Deuteronomy 32, 8 and 9, and several other places, if you get an idea of what's being said here, it really transforms our understanding of a lot of the Scripture, it, especially passages that we call uh, problematic. You know, why it is that this is one way and that's another. So uh, the previous episode, we just looked at the first verse. And the first verse of Psalm 82 says this, and I'm reading from the uh, ESV right now. English Standard Version. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And what we saw is that when it says God, that word for God at the beginning, that's the capital G, the most high God, Yahweh. That word is Elohim. And it says that God has taken his stand. He's taken his place in the divine council. Now, the lexicon calls it divine assembly, okay? Uh, the King James and New American Standards say, uh, in the congregation. Uh, King James says, standeth in the congregation of the mighty. That's interesting. New American Standards says, stands in his own congregation. So it makes it sound like the congregation is God's congregation. And it is. It's God's divine counsel. The authorized version of King James makes it sound like it's a congregation of mighty somethings. Well, it is. Because in the verse, you see that it's the midst of the gods, okay? Rulers is how it is expressed in the New American Standard, but it's gods, and it's the same word, Elohim. So we see that there are Elohim. You know, for most of my life, I, I knew what Elohim meant. You see it in Genesis 1, and it's like, okay, this is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, Elohim, because it's plural. I never knew that it is a, uh, a category, can I say it that way, of created creature. What really helps me is just to sort of think of it this way. You have human beings, you have divine beings. And even with divine beings, there's uh, everybody wants to lump them all together, and I don't think you can. You have angels, you have cherubims, you have seraphim, you have that kind of thing. You have the elders. Uh, maybe the elders are Elohim, we're not sure. But the Elohim are other gods. And boy, that nearly sounds heretical, doesn't it? I know people get all bent out of shape. But they're not the most high God. And that's what I was talking about in the last episode when the Lord says repeatedly through the Scripture that He is the God of all gods. He isn't just using a little poetic hyperbole right here. In other words, saying that it's impossible, it's not of the gods. No. God is the Elohim of Elohim. There are other Elohims, but there's no other God. There's no other Yahweh. And that's really important to understand. So here God, here God is in verse 1. He's taken his place in the divine council. He's sitting there or standing there in this assembly. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And this is really uh, even more interesting when you start thinking about it. 
because we know that the scripture tells us that God is spirit. The Father is spirit. Okay? And but we're we're hearing things here in the psalmist, this is a psalm of Asaph, is talking to us in, uh, with anthropomorphism. Uh, in other words, giving bodily attributes to God who is spirit. And so does God actually stand there? Is he stand there? Do these other divine council members, these other guys, these other rulers, do they have bodies like we have? Are they able to take on the form of bodies? Okay, Which I think they are. I think you see that in Genesis 6. If you know what that's about, that's intriguing, is it not? So anyway, here he is. He's in the midst of his divine council. He doesn't need a divine council. God chooses to use a divine council. In the same way with us as human beings. Okay? God could have done anything and still can do anything he wanted to, but he chooses to work in and through human beings and through his creation. He does the same thing with the divine council. So look what he does. He asks this question, verse 2, How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Then the word selah. And you see that word in, in selah in Psalms all the time. Uh, it could mean anything from a think about this to meditate upon this. Uh, it could be a musical term, like take a ride. You know the words play an instrumental thing right here? So this is a psalm being written by uh, Asaph of the sons of Asaph for musicians. And the question is this. God is asking his counsel, the other Elohim, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? What does that question, what truths come forth in that question? These other gods, some of the divine counsel was doing what? Judging unjustly, and they were showing partiality to the wicked. So what does that tell us about these other Elohim? Yeah, yeah. They can do unjust things. They can do wicked things. Let me take us back just in the last couple minutes we got left here to get a little background or context to this. I've, I've referenced several times Deuteronomy 32, verses 8 and 9. Let me read these verses. Uh, I'll read it out of the ESV right now and see where we go. When the Most High, and we're jumping in the middle of a thought here, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. Verse 9. But the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is allotted heritage. Okay, what's going on with this? Here's what this is a picture of. When, they were, when you had rebellion at the Tower of Babel, okay, when man refused to do what God told him to do, and God had told him, hey, go all over the world, be fruitful and multiply, right? Move forward. And they didn't. They went out to the plains of Shinar, and they found it and said, hey, we're going to make ourselves gods. We're going to build a thing and start doing this. God comes down and confuses the languages. Mankind rebels, and they don't really want to have anything to do with God. And there's a battle that's going on here within the heavenly realm. And God says, okay, you don't want to have anything to do with me. I'll give you over, just like you see in Romans 1. I'll give you over this thing. So when the, the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. 
uh, he assigned some of these Elohim, the sons of God, as the rulers, as the ones over these nations. And not from the point of view of earthly. Remember, they're divine beings. He's saying, oh, you don't want me as God? Here, I want to give you one of my guys down here, and he'll be over you. Those sons of God went rogue and corrupt. I think they actually provide what we see in Genesis 6. I think they provide the background for what we see with Roman and Greek mythology and all this kind of stuff with the other gods, that, they, that they're derived out of this. So the nations started worshiping these other sons of God. God divided them up. I believe there were 70 of them. Okay, the scripture says 70. 70 or 72. If you're reading NIV, it says 72. Uh, it's not so much a, a, a difference in number as it is how to in, uh, interpret a couple of names. In other words, if you see the name uh, Billy Bob, hey, Billy Bob, I'm from the South, so we know Billy Bobs. Is Billy Bob one person, or is there Billy and there's Bob? Two. See what I'm saying? So there's a couple of names like that. And so we're not sure if there's 70 or 72, but likely 70. God divided the nations into 70 distinct nations and gave 70 sons of God over them. That's what he's talking about. So anyway, hey, my time's up again. Uh, we'll keep talking about this. This is really, really interesting and important stuff. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.